It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. She got into my arms. She loves flowers. And I was like, I'm so sorry. She has autism. She was like, she's fine. Well, on Oliver Plunkett Street in the middle of broad daylight, there's a group of young men just getting high. For somebody coming in off an ambulance trolley, I have found that we physically do not have enough trolleys. Join the conversation. Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 Email. Opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. Can I just tell you to put you out of your misery? I haven't thought about the Roman Empire or anything to do with the Roman Empire. I'd say since I was in school, certainly not since the last time I watched Ben Hur on the telly, and that's a while ago now. This thing that's taken over the world, the Washington Post, the New York Times, other such austere bodies of journalism are writing about this thing. That it, apparently because I'm a fella, I think about the Holy Roman Empire or the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, whatever you want to call it. I think of the unholy Roman I hear him thinking about it now, but I, according to TikTok, I think about the Roman Empire uh, several times a week. No, I don't. I certainly do not. No, I don't. Uh, lots of people do. I wonder why. Why would you think about the Roman Empire um, as often as once or twice a week? Absolutely no idea in the wide earthly world, but that's one of the trends that's going around. It. We follow our trends on this program, don't we? As best we can. Right, good morning to you. 0818969696, the number. The text or WhatsApp is 0833969696 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Uh, so, I was watching the news yesterday afternoon as the Doyle was uh, gathering for the first was it the first day of a new term I, I, I mentioned it here yesterday morning and um, then completely forgot about it again but I have been going to Leinster House as a reporter for forever for years, absolutely for years and the one thing that you'll always find outside Leinster House is a protest or two it could be about anything. It could be about housing, it could be about health, it could be about people looking for planning permission for something. It could be anything. It could be about children's health. It could be about, you know, waiting lists. I've seen hundreds of them over the years. Hundreds and hundreds of them. Never in my life 
did I see or experience anything along these lines? Now that kind of noise I never heard in in all my years going to Leinster House and I went up to some very big protests over the years. That scrum, that very nasty scrum was gathered around a Cork TD, Donica O'Leara of Sinn Féin. I spoke to Donica this morning before we came on air. Look, I suppose the first thing I'd say is that I respect the right to, to protest. I think it's very important and I think it's very important for people to be able to protest at the time. Um, I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, now, I suppose where it comes to stopping people going into the dial, stopping people going about doing their work, um, I and you know there was a bottle thrown in the direction of Michael Healy Ray. Like I think that's different. Um, you know, look, I was returning from a meeting in Buswell's Hotel with Conor Naguelga discussing a variety of things around the promotion of the language. Um, trying to get back in, uh, was prevented in doing so. Look, um, as far as I'm concerned, I. You know, I'm very proud to be elected by the people of Cork to go up and represent them. Uh, and, you know, I uh, I won't be deterred by these people or anyone else in doing that. And it's my intention to, you know, to, to continue uh, to do that to the best of my abilities. Uh, and I'll not be prevented by these people in doing so. You know, absolutely, there's a right to protest. But I think clearly democracy needs to continue and uh, that needs to be that needs to be allowed. I watched a video of you surrounded well done on keeping your composure and your dignity were you afraid at any point no no i wasn't and look i want to commend the Gardaí for their professionalism uh but no no i wasn't at any stage and as i say people have a right to protest and that i think these people you know are entitled to their opinion but i think they would have to reflect on the fact that they probably let themselves down really with the way that they carried on like I don't think that they did their cause or or their particular issues I don't think they did them any favours by any manner or means now with their with their conduct It's a while since I was there but I was a frequent visitor to Leinster House in my reporting years and I saw many a protest I never saw anything get quite like this Donica Is it unprecedented in your time there? Look, I mean, I have to say, you know, because I know there'll be people listening in and I know that people are frustrated with different things around mm. the country and they might be frustrated with my party, they might be frustrated with the government parties. There are protests outside Leinster House almost every day, not yeah. every day, but almost every day. And in almost all instances, um, they do their protests, they do so respectfully, sometimes loudly, sometimes with chanting and shouting and music and all that kind of stuff. That is absolutely 100%. And I think that that needs to be protected, actually. Um, I think it's important that people have the right to bring their their case and their cause to the gates of Leinster House, and I support that completely. And something I've also observed, Donica, I'm sure you have too, is that if someone like yourself comes out to talk to a protester, you can have a conversation with them. They're in the street. It might get heated, but it certainly never gets that angry. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. Exactly. And like, to be honest, like, you know, I am all for having a discussion with people who have a difference of opinion. Like, I'm not sure that the people there were in the humour for a discussion, really. Like, you know, to have even a heated debate, I'm not even sure you could call it that. Like, I mean, 
But look, they'll have to reflect on that themselves. I have a lot of respect for the Gardaí that had to handle this and, and the Oireachta staff who had to handle this as well. The right to protest is very important, mm-hmm. but like... There needs to be respect for the fact that there is important work goes on, and uh, look, I'm the, I'm sent there by the people of this city, and I'm going to keep on doing that, and I won't be put off by this by any manner uh, or means. Somebody was tweeted. We still use that word, even if it's X these days. But somebody tweeted, "Are we just a split second away from our first Joe Cox in this country?" Look, I mean, I. I Look, I mean, I hope not. I hope not. Like, I mean, I have to say we have a political system that is much closer to communities, Mm. I think, than a lot of other countries, just partially by virtue of the electoral system that we have, partly by virtue just of the country that we are. You know, politicians of all stripes live in our communities and circulate in our communities. And I think, you know... People are very used to seeing their local councillors and their local TDs in the shops and mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. around the parks and whatever in their local community. So I, I think that there's a very close connection between constituents and TDs. So look, I mean, I would I would hope that that isn't the case. I would hope that isn't the case. But look, look, you can never take anything for granted. Um, uh, like I think it like there are like I mean among the people protesting today are people who. You know, are probably very frustrated with the direction of the country. Are there people there who are um, maybe have a more sinister agenda or from the far right? Um, I think that is very possibly the case. There are other people there that maybe are just frustrated and angry and don't know how to channel that in a constructive way. Um, but um, but look, I would hope that you know the Irish people. I think they, they there is a very close relationship there, um, and uh, look, I hope that nothing like that would ever happen. Donica, thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Peter. Speaking to me before we came on air, that's uh, Donica O'Leary, Sinn Féin TD for Cork, South Central. I made reference there to Joe Cox. If you don't know who Joe Cox is, you mightn't. She was a British MP, member of the Labour Party. And on the 16th of June 2016, she was shot and stabbed in a place called Burstall in Yorkshire. A man called Thomas Alexander Mayer was later found guilty of her murder uh, and other offences. It was considered to be an act of uh, terrorism. We have very public access to our TDs in this country, probably more public availability of our uh, doll or parliament representatives as anybody else in the world. Um, yesterday, 13 people were arrested outside a Leinster House um, in Molesworth Street, in Kildare Street, in Merrion Street. There was about 200 demonstrators on Molesworth Street. Placards uh, depicting politicians uh, as traitors or globalists were held up by the crowd. The, the, the upsetting part, I think, uh, certainly if you're walking into your place of work and see a makeshift gallows with your photograph on it, that's beyond the remit of peaceful or decent Protest now, uh, David Hall. You you were there to visit somebody in in Dolaren. This is David from the Irish Mortgage Holders Organisation. What did you experience? Good morning to you. Good morning. 
Good morning, PJ. Yeah, I was in to meet the Minister of Housing at a meeting with the Minister at half four. And obviously there's this intense security around Leinster House. And um, I passed by a number of protesters on the way and I passed a part of Merrion Square because there was no access around um, Kildare Street. And accessed uh, the building for the main part of main entrance. Uh, had a meeting with the Minister, a good constructive robust meeting with the Minister and um, then inside there was a lot of conversation around staff not being able to get out and staff having to go different exits and uh, a variety of challenges uh, for them to access. Um, it was just quite bizarre to listen to what was going on and, and this is our main parliament and staff and members, elected members of uh, parliament not being able to go about the normal business and access the, the buildings. Uh, I went out then through Kildare Street and walked up around to where my car was parked in Marion Square and a number of people approached me thinking I was a a TD or a senator or a member of staff from the uh, from Leinster House, just at the junction in the corner of Bagot Street onto Marion Square, and um, two Gardaí approached and walked me from there past them to my car. Like the 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 anger, the the vile language was being used, the intense abuse that was being levied. I walked past the gallows, as you said, and saw many politicians from all parties, from mm. all parties. It's very important to to remember this was not a government protest. This was not about government. This was not about government TDs or leaders of the government parties. All political parties were represented on the gallows uh, where there was a clear intent to set fire to this um, outside uh, Leinster House where there was um, a a sort of dummy being hung from the gallows outside the uh, Merrion Square entrance to Leinster House, which then was blocked by all of the protesters, uh, impeding any access or any uh, departure of TDs and staff um, at around five or quarter past five. Mm. You'd be a frequent visitor to the Dáil, uh, David, to, to talk to the Housing Minister and others. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No, and I, I, by the way, I'd have also been outside protesting. <laughs> I've, been, yeah. I've been both. I forgot that. I've been on both sides of the fence of multiple uh, opportunities to protest uh, outside Leinster House on housing matters and on, on vulture funds and IBRC and NAM and banks over the years and, and have actively engaged and continue to engage in protests where appropriate. I do not, however, approach male or female member of the Oireachtas and the staff and terrorise them. I do not threaten them. I do not shout vile, irrelevant utterances to them, causing deep upset and grave disquiet to the public of all ages. There's many children coming back from after school, being walked past by their parents and, and minders at the same time, listening to profanities, obscene profanities, incoherent obscene profanities being levied to people, including people just passing by, uh, and the Gardaí. The Gardaí were, were um, put under immense pressure and stress uh, and, 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 and verbally um, abused by the protesters when they went to move them away from the gates is where the arrests took place to allow staff leave uh, the the uh, doll Aaron like we cannot have a situation I I'm first in line to protest as I said mm-hmm. outside auction houses outside hotels where auctions were taking place for repossessed properties I've been there I've done that I've worn yeah. the t-shirt but I'll do it respectfully I'll get the message across as will many other people who protest protest is an integral part of society it is something people don't like it is people politicians don't like but that's tough this is and something many politicians to be fair will welcome there's a line that was crossed yesterday. There's a line that's being crossed that's unsafe uh, for many people. And I think safety and people's safety now is the issue. Watching Michael Healy Ray being escorted down the road was an absolute disgrace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to speak to Michael uh, shortly. I know he's 
on air in his native Kerry at the moment and as soon as they're finished with him I'll, I'll be having a, a chat with him I thought he carried himself and I will say this to him on, on the, I thought he carried himself with extraordinary dignity he, he carried himself with extraordinary dignity and, and, and I, I don't know Michael but to see Michael there yesterday was a very very upsetting thing for anyone to see as a member of the public or a citizen irrespective of your political affiliations of any um, uh, constituency in the country to see an elected elected member of parliament or any human being Mm -hmm. not an elected member of parliament I don't care about elected member of parliament differential to, to anything else. That's the con- conduction of our democracy. They're elected members of parliament. But to any human being, male or female, having to be subjected to that environment and that in vo- volatile situation um, outside of parliament and for anyone passing by, this was very disturbing for many people, including tourists and everybody else who was there. But to have the houses of the Iraq that's effectively locked down for a couple of hundred people um, who, are, who are not just not protesting, that's the point. They were not protesting. They were there to disturb and disrupt and have us talking about this this morning for no real difference and no real gain because I don't know what they're at this morning. Mm, mm, um, it, it, it was desperately upsetting to watch. And as I said, I would have been a frequent visitor. I would have seen many a protest outside Leinster House. I possibly even came across one of your own, now that I think back on it, David, over the years. But I never saw that level. And one thing I would have said to Dunica is... Many's the protester who I have seen engage with whatever TD they were looking for or an opposition TD that came out to meet them. They had a good conversation. It might be a lively conversation. They might not necessarily agree, but they had their conversation. There didn't seem to be any mood there yesterday for conversation of any kind. No, there's no conversation. There's absolutely no way. You could not approach to have a conversation. You'd be ill-advised to approach to have a conversation. And um, as I say, it was just you know, if it, and it was you know, it was one of the one of the days that I saw a number of ministers and a number of people around, and indeed one minister um, walking on their own and sort of saying like, "This is the day you don't do that. This is the day you ensure your security staff are available and around for you." That's never happened before, PJ. You never had to be concerned about people protesting, no matter what they were protesting about. As you say, and any protest I've ever been at, all of the rest of TDs, even government TDs, will respectfully approach where they may agree or disagree. They will hear you and they will approach and they can do so safely in the full knowledge that they're doing so in a respectful, meaningful way where those that are protesting have deeply held views that's brought them outside the Houses of Parliament to protest against something. Not people who don't really care what you've got to say and don't even want to listen to what you've got to say because they believe you are the devil and everyone else around you is the devil and anyone going in and out of the building is the devil and therefore all of the utterances they give were abusive utterances and one to unsettle and one to harm. One pushback uh, that has come this morning on social media in particular, David, is that this is to be taken as a sign that so many people in this country are on their knees. Agree or disagree? Many people on their knees, I deal with people on their knees every single day. I deal with people through the housing uh, charity that I run, I Care Housing and the Mortgage Holders Organisation, and indeed, uh, you know, have done for the last 25 years, dealt with people who've been on their knees and under pressure and difficulty. People who are under pressure on their knees do not come to the Parliament and threaten elected representatives and their staff. They certainly show disdain and dissatisfaction and they have a democracy available to do that to the ballot box. That's where you do it. You don't bring violence to the parliament and threaten uh, men and women who are going about their daily business. That's not what you do. David, thank you very much. David Hall of the Irish Mortgage Holders Organisation, who was at Leinster House yesterday for a meeting with the Minister for Housing. They thought he was a politician, believe it or not.
they thought he was a politician. So they round surrounded him, which I don't speak for David here, but give you some idea how much they actually know about who is a politician and who isn't. Uh, news breaking this morning, politicians are to get a grant of €5,000 each to step up security at their offices. Uh, also hearing that step security will be stepped up nationwide, not just at the Doyle. Well, you see, if this crowd can get you or go for you in your office, in your place of work like the Doyle, this crowd will think nothing about following you to your home. That's what would worry me. It's already happened to a few people. 0818969696. Councillor McNugent has a picture which he sent to us from the door and he said maybe ask John O'Donovan for his thoughts on it the next time he's on. There's a large poster with a lot of different faces on it. I can make out some of them. I can't make out others. I, I can't speak for John O'Donovan. I know John O'Donovan for a very long time. John um, has taken part in countless protests. Um, I, I would love... John's, um, I would love John's take on what happened yesterday. I'm glad to know he's looking to talk to us, which is great. If you want to get your uh, tuppence worth in on what happened yesterday outside the doll, uh, we'll open a place for you. 0818 96 96 96. Phones are very busy. If you were a first-time caller, if you've never spoken to me on the programme before, we'll jump you straight to the top of the queue. How's that for a deal? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Anne wants to give everyone the home that Cork gave her. She's leaving a gift in her will to Cork Simon. Find out more at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96FM. Thomas says we put people in to represent us. That's true. But where were these people? They were in the United States. Uh, these outside the doll are angry at our lack of representation. How dare you call them scum? They're people just like you and I. I didn't. I didn't call anybody scum. Uh, I didn't use that word. And if I did, by the way, I would retract it because that's not a word for me to use. I thought the behavior was appalling. Absolutely appalling. Uh, but scum isn't a word I would apply. I tend to do my argument in a slightly, I would hope, more gentlemanly fashion than that uh, PJs or any idea who these protesters were says uh, Sinead I don't quite frankly I knew a few faces and a few voices um, and if there's a few faces have become rather well known from attending libraries and not to borrow books but other than that I wouldn't be too sure Stephen Teep you were also in the doll yesterday for a meeting and did you get caught up in it good morning Good morning, PJ. Yes, um, I suppose just to explain why I was there yesterday was um, we were invited up to Leinster House yesterday by Deputy Alan Kelly to give a briefing um, from the 221 Plus support group. And we were doing our usual highlighting, keeping the focus on women's health and on the cervical check, debacle and so on. So this was a planned um, day for us um, in the diary now a couple of months. So, yeah, so up Yesterday, our meeting was due for three o'clock and got the train up from Cork as, as normal and made my way across. Um, got in around half twelve and was getting a taxi across. And 
knew nothing about any protests or anything at all. And like you'd obviously something outside Leinster House, you know, small groups protesting and rightly so, you know, everybody's entitled to um, voice their opinion. And look, I for one have certainly done it myself, you know, so um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone um, in a, who was protesting or highlighting issues in a peaceful way for sure. So I was making my way over and the, the road leading up to Leinster House was closed off and mm. the taxi driver dropped me off to, 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 to walk the rest of the way, which was fine. And I just thought typical roadworks or something like that. And with the group I was meeting with were meeting in Boswell's Hotel, which is directly across from Leinster House. And any ordinary Joe Soaps like myself that are making their way to Leinster House for a meeting with politicians or whoever, this place is your a good meeting spot, you mm-hmm. know, because it's, it's literally right across the road, as you know. So as I hop out of the taxi and walking towards, I can hear uh, protesting and um, voices and shouting and so on, um, which is nothing, I suppose, unusual. Um, I had no idea who these guys were. But as you get closer then, you could see there's quite a big, large crowd there. And um, yeah, it was, it, it, was, it was at that point, you know, like you knew it was slightly intimidating. I was slightly intimidated by it in that I was just keeping my head to the ground and just not getting involved and not, not you know, just, just keeping to myself, reading some of the signs all right that, that people were doing. But, um, you know, you could hear some of the, the words being spoken or shouted and, you know, it wasn't that of a, a peaceful protest, shall mm-hmm. I say. So yeah. I'm making my way to Buswell's and the doors closed there because they've had to close the doors and you're knocking to get in and why are you here? And then you explain, so they let you in. Yeah. So anyway, uh, fast forward, then it's our time to walk across to Leinster House and we had to walk right through the middle of this group and there's one guy shouting, um, giving a speech. And, um, you know, you're, you've, you literally had to muscle your way through the crowd. And there's massive barriers up at this point, stopping people from crossing the road over to Leinster House. And there, there was a huge guard of presence as well. But they were standoffish, you know, as in they were just present, but not getting involved. I think if they did get involved, it would probably have escalated. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that was the right approach there. But anyway, we walked up to the guards saying, look, we have a meeting here in 20 minutes. Can we get in? And they said, no, you can't. Um, we've everything closed off here for people's safety. So there's no in or out at this site. Um, you'll have to walk all the way around Marion Square and um, try the back entrance. We believe that's still open. Yeah. Um, but keep your head down and don't tell anybody why you're here just for your own safety they go to us so which at this point we're talking about this is quite unusual been up here a number of times so we walk around anyway to the back entrances beyond the Taoiseach's office and where the National Gallery is and so on and we, we go into Leinster House that way that was fine we sat down and we had our briefing with politicians in there and gave our give our, our, our update and just having a quick chat um, with the politicians afterwards you know t- talking about the guys outside and like they were saying, it, they said it's 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 actually quite bad because when they were walking in, they were getting bottles of urine thrown at them. Um, you could hear like very clearly what was being shouted at them. And obviously, I can't say that to you now yeah. on radio, but it wasn't pleasant, and it wasn't it wasn't that of a protest or um, being political or anything. It was stuff being shouted was quite personable, you know, mm. um, insulting, um, you know, um, threatening. Um, provocative, you know, like it was really, it wasn't, it wasn't um, that that you'd expect from a peaceful Nasty, place. I would have called so, it. Nasty, it really was nasty. But at this stage now, it's about 10 to 4 and I'm, I've got a 5 o'clock train book. The ploughing's on, as everybody knows. Trains are absolutely jammed. This was the last seat I think I managed to get home. So I was like, well, I've got to get out of here quick and get into a taxi and make it to traffic to Houston. So I'm, I said, right, I'll go back to the back gate now that I was due to 
that I came in from, I said, that surely was still open. It's only been 50 minutes or so since I walked through it. So anyway, I walked back out the back gate and as people are walking towards me from there saying, oh, you're not going to get out there. They've locked the place down. The gate's been shut. I was like, well, I have to get out, you know. And as I'm getting close to the gate, there's the, 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 the protesters were after splitting up and half of them were after moving or some of them were after moving to the back entrance. And there was a guy on a loudspeaker there and they're after closing the gates and you could hear them shouting more abuse at this entrance. And what I can only describe as a, a wild animal trying to break out of a cage was these guys trying to break down and shake the gate to get into Leinster House. Oh, it was it was like that. So I'm walking up to the guys at the gate, the people working there, you know, I have to feel sorry for them, you know, like they're not politicians or anything. They're just staff of yeah. Leinster House. Yeah. And I'm like, lads, I'm not a politician. I don't work here. I'm just an ordinary Joe Soap. Could you just please let me out? I've got a train to catch need to get back to Cork and they're like sorry can't do for your own safety you're stuck here I'm afraid there's nothing we can do we've locked the whole place down no one's in or out and I'm like Christ what am I going to do um, to get out and I'll have some think myself I need to get back home right so I start talking to this Garda and um, I was like telling her look is there any way you can sneak me out there's plenty of entrances here is there a way we can go because I really got to get this train home and she says look I'll help you out we'll find somewhere and um so we tried the Taoiseach's area and a few other places in Leinster House. Got a lovely tour of Leinster House, which I hadn't had before. <laughs> and uh, she eventually was walking me towards, back towards the front entrance, actually. And we were talking about the protests and she was telling me how she herself got hit in the head with a bottle also. Do you know, so it was, you know, which was very unfair on her because she's only there doing a job, yeah. trying to keep the peace. And now she's getting belted in the head yeah, with bottles, bottles of, of urine. urine. Like, so, right? <laughs> I like she. This girl was young too, you know. Like I don't think this this wasn't fair on anybody, regardless of who they were. But like, you know, you're doing a job getting pelted like that, and here she going out of her way now to help me out. I know I felt very sorry for her, and um, but look, she 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 pointed me to the, to to a gate so I can go out and told, give me directions to 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 basically escape from Leinster House, PJ, you know, uh, which which. Which I uh, managed to get out, thankfully, and um, up a street that was had been closed off and straight into taxi Houston. It wasn't until I was on the train then that I was looking on social media because I think at this point it was starting to be reported in the news. Yeah. And um, you could see exactly how large it was. Like I knew it was nasty, but I didn't think the scale of it, like a massive escort of getting TDs and politicians out of the buildings. And as we saw, um, I don't know, did you see last night, but that video of um, Michael Healy Ray being escorted out. Yeah. Um, and the, the abuse that he endured were two guard on either side of him linked up in his arms, walking him through the mob just to get him out of uh, Leinster House. And um, Jesus, like words you'll never hear from me, PG, but I actually felt very sorry for him, you know. Um, I won't be repeating that too often, but I genuinely felt sorry for a guy just trying to do a job yeah. and the abuse that he was putting up with the stuff they were calling him just didn't make sense. It was just nasty. I think it was obviously to get a rise, which he didn't bow down to. Um, but very vulgar. Um, a real mob-like group, for sure. Like, this wasn't protesting. I don't know what they were trying to achieve, but they certainly didn't do it. And I think all they managed to do is unite us all in, in, in this country to say that this behaviour isn't acceptable uh, at all, you know. Stephen, leave it there. Thank you very much for that very graphic description of what it was like as a regular punter trying to get out of Leinster House uh, yesterday afternoon. 0818 96 96 96.
Uh, as usual, all of your far left wing on your programme, and anyone doesn't agree with the far left or classed as far right, your programme is one-sided. Well, you have the phone number. If you'd like to comment, 0818969696. If you'd like to talk to me, I'd be more than happy to take your call. Paul says, tough, politicians are vermin. If they do their jobs, this wouldn't happen. It's the public that needs security from politicians. They're the enemy and they're dangerous, says Paul. Okay, Paul. Patrick says, you know what I say, PJ, fair play to the protesters. All I can tell you is for far too long, the ordinary working Irish people have been put down by the very people supposed to be representing them. And that's from Patrick. So, Patrick, all I'd ask you is answer what Stephen Teep has just described to me. Answer that, perhaps, I would say. I don't agree with any of the violence that happened yesterday or the stress Stephen Teep was put through, but does it not show that something has changed about government in Ireland when these scenes are happening for the first time? It's come to a stage where there are now almost daily protests outside Leinster House and they're being ignored. So if you keep ignoring them, eventually things are going to boil over. I mentioned Joe Cox, the Labour MP in Britain, who was stabbed to death in 2016. The man was subsequently jailed for that. Uh, You never mentioned, says Steve, also the stabbing of David Arness, MP, carried out by an illegal immigrant, which was partly what the protest was about yesterday. Steve, I don't care if David Arness, and thank you for reminding me, another MP murdered in the course of his job. I don't care if he was stabbed by an illegal immigrant or by Bart Simpson, Steve. He was killed in the course of his work by a thug. That's what I care about. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over thirty five years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox ninety six FM. The big drive home with Izzy Showbizzy. On Courts 96 FM. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m. where I can guarantee you lots of requests. Hey, Izzy, show busy. Can you play Beyonce? Love on top, please. Awesome. The occasional sing song. Return I try to fly. I fall without my wings. And a message from my mother. Hello, Isabel. It's your mother here. It's lovely to hear you're back on the radio. She's the only person that gets away with calling me Isabel. Join me weekdays from 4 p.m. The Big Drive Home. You can drive me home. With Izzy Show Busy. Cork's 96 FM. 96 FM. With you in 30 seconds, Graham. Bernie says, it's only yesterday I put in a comment saying something along the lines of there's a palpable anger that you can sense among the public. I don't in any way agree with threats or with violence, but we have an inquiry into innocent children being made sicker by doctors in hospitals. We're having elderly people thrown out of nursing homes. And we've all the prices going up as well. I can understand we've developed a terrible anger in this country. We have, Bernie. There's a lot of anger out there. Um, That is true. Um, of, Of course, eventually, says another message, of course, eventually things are going to boil over. This is anger issues among the public rather than violent intent. And we're kind of balanced on a lot of people supporting the protesters yesterday won't come on the air. The people who are against them do. I would like to talk to someone, and I promise you I'll give you an open forum, I would like to talk to someone who supports what happened yesterday to explain why what happened yesterday is okay. If anybody wants to do that, you know where I am. 0818969696. Graham. 
Good morning, PJ. What would you like to now? say, sir? Look, PJ, you're obviously a nicer person than me because you mightn't call them scum, but I most certainly would. They're violent, anti-democratic scum. Mm-hmm. Well, they will see themselves as citizens in a democracy that's gone wrong. But they can do that too. Yeah, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. In terms of being up in the Dáil, I've been inside the Dáil. No, I wasn't there yesterday. I've been inside the Dáil talking to TDs about a variety of things, youth education related. I've been outside the Dáil giving out about the TDs. I've never been threatening anybody. Mm. The people who were there yesterday, all they were do to there, there to do is threaten, intimidate, and enjoy themselves because they like doing it. They were not protesting. That's not what they were doing. Mm. I mean, similar to the ones that were, uh, the protests in the last couple of months that have been inside in Cork. They are violent, aggressive people. They are not there to... They have, everyone has a right to protest. Everyone has a right to protest outside the door. I would defend all of their rights. I think their views are heinous, but they have the right. Mm. But the idea that you can just turn up, assault people, threaten people, to no consequence is insane. I think the Gardaí should be taking a much harder line with them and anyone else who would do that. Well, I was watching the videos last night with, with Queen Bee, and I showed her on my laptop the, the video of, of Michael Healy Ray and his having to be escorted out of the Dáil. And she said, you know what, she said, they're very lucky that they're able to be there. I said, what do you mean? She said, there's a lot of countries where they just have been shot. No one calling for that, by the way, but there's a lot of country... There's a lot of countries where they'd have been shot. Yeah, well, look, they're obviously not calling for that because... No, unlike, no, 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 like but that's what she said. <laughs> it yeah. just shows how open our democracy is. We have an open, accessible democracy. But even in other open, accessible democracies, they would not tolerate that. True. I mean, like we were saying, in Cork um, recently, the protests under the library, I watched two men assault someone in a wheelchair. They did it 10, 15 feet from the Gardaí. The Gardaí watched it. They saw it happen. Now, I'm not going to blame the individual Gardaí for their obeying orders. I question whatever those orders were. I watched these two men. There's a video of this. Assault someone in a wheelchair. Oh, that person had let off an air horn where they were doing a speech. Is that annoying? Sure. Is it protected under their right to free speech? Yeah, it is. So they're allowed to do it. Hmm. The Gardaí arrested one man because he separated himself from the crowd. He stole, uh, the person in the wheelchair, he stole something of theirs. He fired it across the street. It hit a car and broke. He ran off to try and pick up the pieces to, to hide what he'd done. Because he was away from the crowd, the Gardaí arrested him. The other person who absolutely did that, I'm not going to name him, but I know who please he is. Please don't, please don't. I won't. I, yeah, I wouldn't dream of doing that. But they watched him do this. He went back into the crowd. They left him there. Now, I'm assuming because they just didn't want it to escalate. Mm. I understand from the, from the top down what, what you're told Graham and it's coming from the top down is that many of these people what they want is to be arrested to make yeah, martyrs of themselves that, 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 I, I have no doubt about that because I've seen a few there were one or two of them up at Ballybrack who have been arrested and they're relishing in it it's their you know, claim to fame and notoriety oh look me I'm being oppressed by the state it's like, no you're a scumbag being arrested but, I mean, these people, like they were saying, they were talking about they were going to have thousands outside the Leinster House. They had a couple of hundred. Mm. In, in electoral terms, they're not representative of our population. They're not even a rounding error in electoral terms. They've never got anyone elected ever to any office. They're two parties, was it? Well, we, we, we have local elections next May or June, Graham, and a lot of people, people have expressed to me 
I won't say the fear, but they've expressed to me the view that maybe one or two of them will get elected locally next year. In terms of if I'm a TD, I'd be surprised. There's a I know as a local councillor, which is the first step. There's a couple of senators who have who've been very vocal in their support, and now all of a sudden they're trying to distance themselves from them today. I won't name the senators either, but they're not hard to figure out who, who the pair of them are. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're shocked, even though they've been enabling this kind of nonsense for months. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's a sad development, Graham. Thank you. Um, I would stand up for anybody's right to protest. I've been involved in demonstrations myself. I've been involved in you know um, activism myself on children with disabilities and their right to an education. I fought, and I fought loudly with many people for the right for my own son to have a proper education. But I finished those conversations, even if they did get heated, I finished them with a shake of the hand. That's how I do my business. Um, Frank, morning. M- morning, PJ, how are you? I'm good. What do you think Dis- of it? A disgusting day. Absolutely disgusting. Are you asked a few questions there now you've got a few answers. The one thing nobody knows, what was the protest about? Mm. Right, somebody rang and said, would John O'Dea come on? And he's like, in the queue. He's in the queue. Yeah, like, like him or loathe him, you always know what he's protesting about. Mm-hmm. Because he'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a protest. It was Trumpism, basically. It's January the 6th. Do you think that's what it was like? Absolutely. I mean, you. According to the Irish Times, and Jack Horgan Jones and the team at the Irish Times was writing about this this morning, and part of what they were protesting against various issues, including immigration, COVID vaccines, transgender rights, sex education in schools, and proposed hate speech laws. Yes, that's that's a good journalist putting it on. Basically, they were they were protesting against protest. I think because. They just haven't a clue themselves. I mean, you asked the question, could we see a Joe Cox or a David Amos? Mm-hmm. I think we're weeks away from it. Well, Frank, that's that's a terrifying thing to say, because you, I, like uh, me, yeah. are a long-time observer. Oh, and, politics, and, an, an anorak, and an anorak, but I think we're weeks. And you asked, are these people afraid? You mentioned it there yourself. They're looking for a martyr, and there's enough sheep in their ranks to get a martyr. Who will do it and say, "Who oh, look, how great I am. Yeah, yeah. It's coming. Genuinely, um, he, I hope to speak with him in the second hour. As you can imagine, he's a man in demand this morning. Michael Healy Ray. Um, he looks scared. He look. He looks scared. He looks incredibly dignified, I have to say, walking Absol- away. But, ab- but very absolutely. Sure. And, and, and again, love him or hate him. Yeah. He'll give you a great debate face to face. But again, watching the video, my wife said something. She said, what if there was someone behind him with a knife? Um, again, PJ, I'll just repeat, it's coming. And I hate, I hate to say it, I mean, these are the same people who tell you that we have an un- unelected government. So they obviously don't understand democracy, politics or the political system. Yeah, I this government were religious. I mean, they'll tell you Leo got him by the skin of his teeth. It doesn't matter whether he won by a million votes or got him by one. Yeah, I know, and you know, his, his, the, constitu- his constituents wanted him in. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
Frank, you, you, you look. You're like you said. You're a political anarch or geek like myself. You are very worried that we might be only weeks away from a Joe Cox or a David Arnes. I hope against hope. You know, I'm not a man who prays. What I occasionally do is I talk to my dad, and I occasionally talk to a a dear friend, um, journalist, great journalist in his day, the late great Frank O'Brien, who was most wonderful political journalist, more of the things. And I talk to Frank, and I say, Frank, for God's sake, don't let that happen. Do not let that happen. Do you know? I talk to my dad, who was a, a proud member of the Gardaí and I say, Dad, don't let that happen. Don't bring my country. Don't not bring my country to that point. Billy says, if you look at the health, the cronyism, the gas, the electricity, food prices, RTE, and so on, what's being done? The people, some of them anyway, are driven to this because they keep putting their voice to the government and it's just ignored. There may be some people with evil intent, but it's a lot of just ordinary people driven to the limit. Well, I've spoken to two very ordinary people, Billy, in the last hour. I speak of Stephen Teep and David Hall, both of whom, for different reasons, have campaigned in a dedicated and honest fashion for years. David got into it because of his work. Stephen had no choice but to get into it because of the tragedy that affected his life and his family and his beautiful wife. I've spoken to them both many times, particularly Stephen. Um, More determined people, more determined activists and campaigners I've rarely spoken to. I spoke to the wonderful, magnificent Vicky Phelan more than once certainly don't think she'd have anything to do or have anything to do with what happened yesterday outside our parliament. Gav says these people need to be named and called out. Derek Bly is a Cork man. He spoke at it. He has videos on his Facebook, so it's not a secret. They're spreading right-wing conspiracy theories, and if they're allowed to continue, it won't end well. We protested for years up in Mayo with Shell to Sea. We were batting charge by the guards, But afterwards, we all spoke to each other with respect because we knew they were doing their job. People yesterday were just disgruntled. Their minds are filled with nonsense from all of this right-wing rubbish. Thanks, Gav. Actually, Gav, I'd love to talk to you. I remember the Shell to Sea story. It was an ongoing protest in the West of Ireland that got heated, very heated at times. Uh, But, like you said, there was none of this ever. Thanks, Gav. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. John, on a happier note, um, looking forward to the rugby at the weekend and we'll see what Andy Farrell does today. With, with the team and so looking forward to sitting down on Saturday night with maybe a few chicken wings and a couple of tins do you know yourself to watch the game so looking forward to that but uh, I was watching something as a rugby fan just out of pure and utter nostalgia last night I looked up videos of Jonah Lomu 
Lord Ressam, no longer with us. He died very, very young. He had some awful kidney disease. Jonah Lomo was a legendary All Black who almost, almost, almost signed up for one season at, at Munster. But his his health didn't allow. But they were talking to him. He was interested. There was a document on the table, if you were to believe what you were told. We nearly had Joan Lomu in, in Munster for for the season. But I watched some of the videos of him scoring tries last night. And if you're a rugby fan or if you just want to watch some glorious athletic ability, just look up Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, Lomu on, on YouTube. And it'll brighten up your day and put a smile on your face to see this absolute gem um, playing the game that Daddy loved. That's just to buy the buy. 0818 96 96 96. Back to, back to what happened yesterday uh, outside our parliament, our parliament building. Your parliament and mine, remember. And yes, and theirs too. But your parliament and mine uh, and Emers and Fergals and everybody else's. That's our parliament. At their parliament too. But what happened outside went over the line. Many people believe. There are those who don't believe that. I'm looking forward, hopefully, to talking to one or two of them. I'm very happy to give you your your spake. That's what a democracy is about. I'll give you your opportunity. Um, Ed, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very good. Your thoughts, sir? My thoughts, right. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm a long-time activist in various different campaigns for going back now nearly 20 years. And there's a, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. You know, you can, you can be active on any number of issues, but you have to do it constructively and peacefully. What happened yesterday, I would be hard-pressed to call that a protest. I'd be hard-pressed to call them the demonstrators. They go beyond the bounds of what I would call far-right at the moment, and I think you could nearly consider it as domestic terrorism. If you're wheeling out a noose with an effigy of Paul Murphy on it, and various other TDs' faces on it, that's, that's not a protest. That's intimidation. That's a, that's a direct threat of violence. And as we saw in the videos yesterday with um, uh, Michael Healy Ray, um, you know, if the guards weren't there, that would be a very different scenario. If they managed to get Paul Murphy on the street, whose effigy they, they had hanging from a noose... Was it, Paul, was, it, was it Paul Murphy that was there, that was on the effigy? Because I only saw a, a very distant the, image of it. The, they had they had stuck Paul Murphy's face on the back in front of the effigy. Okay. Um, so you know he was he was their their prime target. Everybody else was darned. There were people like Breed Smith, Helen McKenty, uh, Leo Varadkar, a couple of others. Um, so you know it, it wasn't really a, a protest with a cause. I mean, as you covered there earlier on, there were various different people there, very confused and angry about a, a load of different conspiratorial issues. But the protest itself was an anti-democracy uh, uh, pro- protest. I mean, I'm using the word protest. I mean, because we're we're so we're so conditioned to think of people amassing for for any cause as protesting. Well, we have to be very clear on what happened yesterday. That stepped beyond protesting. That was violence. That was extremist, extremism on show. Um, and I definitely, in my mind, I think it is domestic terrorism. I think that's being shipped in from abroad. I mean, I, I suffered a, um, a great deal of harassment from far-right causes back in 2018 during when I ran the local elections. And that was sustained over a six-month period and it's very similar to what's going on now where they call people paedophiles or they send them 
various different threats and stuff like that. And it does it has an impact on your on your mental health and it affects mm-hmm. how you how you appear in public. Because I, I as you know, I'm involved in politics, involved in activism, various different things, and it, it changes how you become active on these things because once you become a target once, you're always on their radar, you know? Yeah. Um, so you can't you can't speak out openly very often, or you have to be very careful. And what they're aiming to do is chase people away who are campaigners in the community, so that they can create a space for themselves. That's why they're going after people in, the, in opposition primarily. They're going after people in Sinn Fein, people before profit, socked ends, because they want to force them out of communities so that they can get an in into the communities. Because it's all about inject, injecting toxicity. What struck me yesterday, Ed, is particularly interesting was, and David Hall uh, called me this morning to tell me his experience. Uh, and you know, Stephen Teep had a, had a horrific experience as well. But David Hall said as he left a meeting, they surrounded him thinking he was a TD. They didn't even know who they were protesting at. But that's the thing. They don't know and they, and they don't really care as such because to them, um, whoever's in that building represents um, democracy. And really what their aim is, and, you know, uh, this was covered in, in the press as well where they, where they kind of explored some of the far-right telegram groups and stuff like that. In, when they're in closed groups and they believe that they're not being watched, they will use words like fascism and fascist to describe their own political aims. They don't have faith in democracy, um, and they aim to either force people out of democracy or harass them to get out of the way and drive conversations that would normally be in the centre uh, into the right and driving the normal stipends of the right further right. See, and I'm not someone I'm not someone who's particularly in love with the terms left or right, much less yes. extreme left and extreme right. But what I, I do know. understand is extremism, and I don't yes. care where you come from, extremism. Yes. Is unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, yes, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I suppose in terms of, of the use of language and stuff like that, um, it, 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 it's, it can be not helpful to attribute these different things. But if you're talking about uh, things that would routinely be considered, let's say, on the right or further right agenda in terms of anti-immigration, uh, anti-LGBTQ, I mean, those are, are, are conversations that belong in a political wheelhouse. Um, and they are they are attributed to predominant people who would be predominantly on one side of the line rather than the other. Fair point. Um, and what these people aim to do is to drive those conversations to further polarity and to create a space for hate politics. Um, and this is what we're seeing unfold here. We've never really seen this in Ireland. We've seen yeah. individuals targeting stuff like this, but um, a, a, a kick up against democracy in itself, which is what we saw yesterday. I mean, that has to be come down on um, with. Uh, with a, a, an extreme uh, prejudice because our democracy is everything. I mean, Michael Healy Ray, I don't agree with 90% of what he's saying, but I would say that he has the right to peacefully go through the streets and attend his place of work. Yeah. I mean, the guy's, the guy's been, been elected by a uh, democratic society. Ed, he picks up a quota and a half, not far short of two quotas, without even setting foot outside the door. But should, but should that's it. That's it. And I mean, regardless of what we think of the man himself and his politics, he has a right to be there. He's representing the people of Kerry. You can't, you can't, you can't, no matter who you are, even if you describe yourself as a protester, you can't violently um, apprehend somebody on the streets because you disagree with their politics. Mm-hmm. Their politics are representative of the people that voted them in. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's deeply unfair and anti-democratic to do so. You can have peaceful protests, you can have discourse, you can have conversation, but you cannot engage in violence and stuff that would be, would, would be attributed to hate. Um, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, another thing that we have to remember, right? The same names keep cropping up time and again, PJ, and I'm not going to say them out loud. No, because I tell you why, Ed, I don't yeah. even like giving them the oxygen of repetition. Yeah, yeah. But there are figureheads 
in that group. And they're, 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 they travel around the circus like a traveling circus. They travel around the country like a traveling circus. But what's important to remember, right, is they'll have their national protests in Dublin. They'll bring it down to Cork. But at the maximum of it, they'll only ever get 100 to 150 cultists. And they are cultists because they're deeply entrenched in these politics. Um, and they will travel around the country and they will harass local communities. And it's very acute because it creates an awful lot of tension within the community that they're arriving at. Um, the other side of it is we live in an island of 7 million people. And if you have 150 people going around telling us that they're, they're representing the 90% uh, of the population, they're not only deluded, but they're deeply confused individuals. Ed, would you, would you share my fear? And it is a genuine fear, and I'm not just saying this to get lines lighting. I say this as someone who's followed politics since I was a young boy. Yeah. And I enjoy following politics and the machination of politics. Are we... As Frank seems to think, are we are we close to a Joe Cox or a David Arnes in this country? Well, I'll tell you, okay. Right, we there's stuff that can't be talked about in the press for legal reasons, obviously, right? But there's a video online showing far right activists where they attacked um, an LGBT individual up the country um, for hanging a pride flag. There's other there's other aspects of, of it that are, are solved. And you know, I'm involved in activism a long time, and I went to the Cork Rebels for Peace thing a few weeks ago. And I've heard stories from people at that march, people who have been followed home after the library protest, at the anti-library protest, um, a a young gay couple that were assaulted after an anti-library protest. You know, this stuff, it's leading to a very dangerous zone. And we can all feel it. It's it's not a case of somebody's crying wolf. You know, what happened yesterday is an indication of stuff moving toward um, a very dangerous zone. Okay. And unless that's acted on appropriately and proportionately by Angarda Shiakana and those people in government and everybody who's out there in the community, that we're going to be finding ourselves in a very um, precarious and dangerous situation. Okay, okay. Ed, thank you very much. I appreciate your contribution. Finbar, morning. Uh, good morning to you. Um, I want just this one thing to those people yesterday. They do not represent me. They, look, democracy will... We're one of the few countries still left with, with democracy. Look around the world, dictatorship is everywhere, for God's sake. We have, I have the power to go up to uh, uh, voting and vote out the president of my country, my Taoiseach, my TD, my local councillor. I still have that power to do that. To what these people did yesterday, they did that. Bad enough, no, I've been in many protests over the years and because I felt I, did, I need to. But these people... When they attack the opposition, it means they want to take power over whatever whatever's happening. That's bad enough. I don't agree at all with violence and protests. We the, in the water protests that was done without any violence. That was done. That was and and the, the government had to back down on it. Mm. These are the things you win. You 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 win. You win by protesting uh, f- um, peacefully. It it, it it it's history. If you go put a gun into someone's head, that's not that's not democracy in any shape or form. What would you take about um, a makeshift gallows, Finbar? And, Absolutely and disgrace. Uh, the, what the hell was going on in their head? The, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I've been at, as I said, protest. But look, that's not democracy. It is not. When, it, when, it, when, it, when the president or a TD or representative of them calls your house, look, if you vote, you tell them why or why not you're voting for them. And you can do that. Mm. You'd be a man of a certain age, Finbar, I'd say. I'm, I'm in my late 70s. Good man. Well, I remember going to the Dáil. It's, it's a few years ago now. But do you remember the time that they made a move 
on pensions in the budget. I say, yeah. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. and, and I went to that protest and I went up on a bus with a lot of pensioners to travel with them. And I spent the day above on the doll. I stayed over then to catch the follow-on the following day. That was the most well-attended protest I was ever at in my entire life. There must have been 25 or 30,000 people up there that day. It was jointed. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of upset. There was a lot of emotion about what was being done. There wasn't this or nothing like it. Yeah, and guess what? The following day, the government said, OK, OK, we got it wrong. Because also called that time, I remember well, also called the Labour Party, who claimed to represent the people. I remember that. Us, that said, and they will they suffer further after, didn't yeah. they? But I'm getting back to yesterday when that, they don't represent me in any shape or form. That is toggery at its worst. All right. Okay. Pinbar, thank you. 0818-969696. Your calls, still welcome at that number. We are getting lots of messages from people who supported what happened yesterday. I, I really do, and I, I mean this. I do want to get somebody's voice on the air um, over yesterday because I want, the, I want them to know that this program is also a democracy. Jim says these TDs should expect the same thing when they knock on the doors during the election. The public are sick of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in government especially. All you'll hear from them is how they gave 200 for this and 200 for that in the cost of living crisis. But they're not seeing the despair and the anger that's out there. John says if you had your way, PJ, people would be at the gate clapping them in. You think? Tony says they turned Spike Island into a tourist attraction. They should make it like the old days. I'm not talking about the 80s. I'm talking the 1880s. Catch all those fellas outside the doll and throw them in. They've taken their cue from the USA and Capitol Hill and Trump. And Mick says, just wondering, will these protesters that were arrested be charged with terrorism? Because that's what they were doing yesterday, terrorising anybody that saw or heard them on their protest. Tom then says, I'm furious they're getting a 5K grant to protect their house. They always protect their pocket, don't they? The rest of us don't get grants to protect our house. This is news that has broken this morning that TDs are to get 5,000 in funding to beef up their own personal security. Presumably around their offices, Tom. I don't have the exact details of it in front of me. And as soon as I have, I'll bring them to you. But it's a move this morning to beef up individual TDs' security. And this yesterday, it just doesn't just mean government TDs. It means every one, every member of the Doyle, and I'm assuming every member of the, the Senate as well, because if they'll do this at their place of work, then they'll do this at their home. And I don't want anybody attacked at their home. Like I always said, you can say what you want to me here, and people have protested outside the door of 96 FM uh, against something that I've said from time to time, including, actually, the, the legend that is John O'Donovan on, on occasions has picketed the 96 FM for me. Um, and I've just told him, John, go away and have a cup of tea and go home. And he goes, all right, so fine. Do you know, but it is what it is. Um, but anyway, we're hearing, yeah, uh, okay, it was mooted. It's unconfirmed. Okay, okay, okay. Development on that. It was an idea several months back. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It uh, is coming into effect now after yesterday. Okay, uh, now I know. Now I have you. Someone did mention this back in the early part of the year that TDs should get helped with security, funding to help with their personal security. It was in the press earlier in the year, but we it was never brought into effect. We now understand that it will come into effect after yesterday. Still waiting for confirmation of that. And we'll bring it to you as soon as we have it. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Yeah, I got more details on that now. I have an article from the Irish Times of January 25th, article written by Jennifer Bray. Um, saying politicians could receive up to €5,000 towards the cost of new security systems following a recommendation from the Eroctus. A decision from the Department of Public Expenditure was imminent. Uh, the Eroctus would make a contribution of between three and 5000 on CCTV, extra alarms and other security measures. It would only be allocated if recommended by Angarda Shikhana and it would be a contribution towards cost rather than a full payment. And it followed uh, concerns about the safety of politicians, particularly female TDs. And I do remember Holly Cairns at the time was one of the TDs that spoke out. John, if you'd hold on for me, I'll talk to you in a couple of minutes. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get this gentleman on the phone since this morning, so hold on for me and I'll come back to you, John, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you very much. Uh, Deputy Michael Healy-Ray joins me. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, to you and your listeners. Michael, thank you for taking my call. Can I, first of all, personally, and we don't know each other other than occasionally to meet and to interview, congratulations on maintaining your dignity and composure yesterday, but you did look frightened. Well, look, do you know, don't mind about me. There was a young girl of 20 years of age and young student from with me on an official intern program. And... Unfortunately, she was subjected to pushing, shoving. Her mobile phone was stolen. And uh, that was not a proper experience for a girl that's here to learn about Irish politics. So that whole 
event was so wrong on so many other fronts. I was speaking to a person from the catering staff at the Dáil yesterday evening. They told me they were subjected to all types of name-calling when they were on their way to going to work. That's totally wrong, PJ. And there's no room in a modern society for that type of behaviour. Protests or demonstrations outside the Dáil, it's almost a daily occurrence. But this was the next level. And protests outside the Dáil are very welcome. And I want to say to all of the people, whether they're teachers or nurses or people from disability sectors, the farmers groups, they should always keep coming to the doll because we are messengers of the people and our job is to listen and to advocate for people and to listen to people and hear what their concerns are. But uh, this was a different type of event, completely different. And uh, those people, like I say, in my opinion, there's no room for that type of nonsense. And, uh, you know, on a lighter note for your listeners, I wouldn't like to be relying on any of them to go to the bar with me. I, I wouldn't like to be relying on them to do any type of work with me, actually. And uh, because their behavior left so much to be desired. And a very unusual thing then, PJ, there was no sign of any one of them outside the doll this morning at half past six. I couldn't see one of them anywhere. And I'm wondering where are they right now? Mm. So there was no follow-on this morning, Michael? No, no, there wasn't. Well, you see, there wouldn't be morning people. <laughs> there was a lot of people there. Did, were you familiar with any of them? Did, had you ever seen any of them before? No, thanks, thanks be to God. And I don't want to see them again either. Yeah. Now, you know, th- there are views expressed that... In, in, including on this programme, that there's a lot of anger in the country, Michael. A lot of people feel left behind. A lot of people feel alienated in their own country and have done especially over the last couple of years. And, and they, they feel that the political system and everybody within it has failed them and failed their families. And that anger is going to result from that. What would you, how would you respond to that? Absolutely no problem. If anybody has any concerns that they want to raise, they should raise it in a proper way. But again, what message was heard there yesterday? Nothing, only bad language, uh, so much shouting and roaring that you wouldn't actually know what they wanted. And since when do you have to throw missiles at people? There was Gary were hit with things yesterday there, and that's so wrong. And it's not right. And to have pictures of politicians with, with a rope around their neck, that's, that, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not normal behaviour. And the people in society who I represent mm. and that are worried about the ever-increasing cost of education, the cost of energy, the cost of going and coming to work, and running the household mom's budget on a Friday evening is under continuous strain. And and, and, and she blames the politicians for that, Michael. Yes, but mom isn't above outside the doll throwing bottles at gas. Yeah, well, so, you, so you, 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 you could argue she hasn't point. the time. She's trying to mind a couple of children. Yes, but there's an awful difference. These people were there. They're different. They're not representing the people that I'm representing. And uh, there's a complete difference when you say about people struggling 
and and having issues, of course they're there. And and I'm there to work for those people and to highlight those issues mm. and to do what I can to that's help. What was that, you see, that's what they were saying yesterday. That's what the people gathered outside Dáil Éireann yesterday were saying, that you or Donoghue O'Leara or anybody else that they targeted yesterday are not working for them. That That's their argument. And and is that why they abused journalists and why they abused people in the catering staff and shouted bad language at them? So that, that argument makes no sense. They were shouting at everybody all and sundry. They didn't even know who the politicians were. So they abused people who were going about their day's work. Like I said to you, maybe they should try it themselves. Maybe they should go away and get a bit of work for themselves and try and do something productive with their time instead of being vile and abusive and nasty and threatening to people. How is that young lady you were with yesterday that was an intern in your office? Is she okay? How any girl would be after being shoved, pushed and and shouted at and had her phone stolen, she'd be the same as anybody else would be. Is she going to make a, a Garda complaint? I, I I don't know. I know the Garda were looking to speak to her today. That's all I know about that. But I mean, for her parents and her family over in America to hear that that was her experience on the first day, that's not, that's not right. Mm. You said this isn't about you, but I do want to ask you about you, Michael. Um, were you frightened yesterday because you looked it? I don't give in to bullies or people like that. I'm around a while now, and I'm afraid they left this start getting up a bit earlier in the morning if there's going to be any effect on me, good, bad, or indifferent. Michael, thank you for taking our call. I know you're a busy man this morning. Deputy Michael Healy Ray, um, Kerry TD. Thank you, Michael. Uh, John? Yes, uh, I saw. Ah, the it's fo- that John. How are you? Yeah. I'm not too bad. I saw the footage there of Michael Healy Ray, and I think he's playing it down a bit, PJ, because he looked to me a man that was extremely frightened. In fact, the two Gardaí on their own with a crowd behind him and in front of them, the Gardaí looked even frightened. Never mind Michael Healy Ray. Mm. So I think I think he's playing it down a bit, maybe for mm. reasons I suppose going forward. John, you're a man we know. We know each other well. You're a man. Yeah. I, if I've interviewed you at one protest over the years, I've interviewed you at a dozen or more or hundreds, maybe closer to a hundred. And you've been on this show a hundred times about different campaigns. Yeah. What about what happened yesterday? Would you have been part of that? Well, I thought they can't do any violence whatsoever. Totally. Because when we were on the water protest, there was glorious turned up one day and they started spitting at the, the workers and throwing the bollards up on top of them and they were quickly dispatched. And we won that campaign. There was no violence in that campaign. We wouldn't tolerate it. I wouldn't tolerate any violence yesterday. If I was up there, if I saw someone, I would reprimand myself. But saying that, I can understand the frustration that is out there in this country at the moment. Well, there was a man there crying his eyes out the other night on the front line with Katie Hannon because his child has scoliosis. And he's suffering in pain. Imagine being that dead now looking at your son every day. And this country is not looking after your child. The child adolescent mental health services in crisis. The mental health itself is in crisis. The hospitals are in crisis. The housing. And this is another thing which annoys me, Peter. The Irish people, I believe, are not racist. But what has happened here is that people are looking and they're bending over backwards, taking too many people in here, taking people without any documentation. They're giving them modular homes, they're giving them this and whatever. And the Irish people have been made with bloody well racist because they're saying, how come we couldn't be looked after for years? And all of a sudden, all this stuff is rolled out. 
What about us? And there is nothing wrong with asking that question. No, what there is nothing wrong with asking that question. And many people have asked that question, including myself, John. I, I voiced it here one morning after seeing yeah. a very unfortunate situation down on Patrick Street. But again, yeah. yesterday, does that ask or answer any of those questions? Well, I'll tell you something. You know, it was said there this morning, and I hope it never happens, both your Cox and David Amos, right? Mm. That we have something like that here. I hope the Christ feed don't say but I tell you something, what, what, what could happen, we could have Ireland's version of Capitol Hill. I could see that happening. Yeah. Where there won't be enough girls there to control the situation and people will get into the building and God knows what will kick off. But that's up to the... And the problem is, now, Donna no, now this morning, McNugent, they passed some comment about me there and I rang and they left messages at Mix Ford. So, Mick, you can come on this line anytime now and we'll have it out. What, what he's about this morning, linking me to yesterday, I don't know. But the problem is, at the moment, you see, with the opposition, the so-called opposition, Peter, I've got it from people that support Sinn Féin for years themselves. Mm-hmm. They're saying there is no opposition. We're, we're, we're hoping to speak to Mick. At the moment, we can't get him on his phone, buddy. Yeah, but that's the problem, PJ. People are saying there's no opposition. They're going along with hate speech. They're going along with everything that's coming along. And they're, they're not questioning the amount of people coming to the country or anything. And there is no opposition in the door. That's why the left now are also being attacked. Mm. Okay. John, thank you. Good point. Uh, to be fair, to be fair to John, uh, we know each other a very long time, John O'Donovan. And he would have stepped back from any kind of violence yesterday. And certainly the throwing of bottles of Yes, let's call it what it was at people. I don't think John would have stood over that for a second. Thanks, John. Selena, would you take a different view? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Um, first of all, look, violence isn't right. We, we, we all know that. But basically, for, and, and a very important part, like Michael Hingley Ray, a multimillionaire with around 20 properties, mm-hmm. earning huge money. And he's, it's very easy for him to come on the radio when he does not face you know, a housing crisis. He's making money, so much money himself. It's very easy to be calm and confident and upset when people, Tam, Tussler, housing, I mean, people are desperate. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is yesterday right? No. But guess what? There's people with nowhere to sleep. People with sick children that can't get into camps. You know, Tussler are a mess at the moment. Yeah. So that's all I have to say. No violence isn't right. But guess what? People are over the edge, PJ. The threatening of people, like, for example, you heard, um, you, you may have heard David Hall yesterday, uh, campaigner on housing. They didn't even know whether he was a TD or a senator. They just rounded on him because he'd been in the doyle. PJ, I agree, but you have to remember, people have been staying calm for too long. The French, they get up and they say enough is enough. Irish people, or whatever nationality was there yesterday, I'm not just talking about Irish, all nationalities. Ireland is in a crisis. We have a government that are looking good, all coming across, we're making, they're not making change. We need a new government. People have had enough of our existing government. It hasn't worked. And they don't want to wait for another election for six months to a year. We need a new government next week. But that's the way we get them, is with elections, Selena. You know, that's the thing. Yes, but guess what? Four years. Well, there's a local election in May, and we'll have a general election sometime between June and next March. I know, but TJ, that's another seven months for people that are sitting on the... Or or if this doll was to collapse, if this government was to collapse, we could have one in three or four weeks. 
Exactly. And I mean, people are there yesterday because they've had enough of our existing government. No, there shouldn't be violence. But a lot of people are over the age at the moment. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Selena, I appreciate your call and thank you very much for making it. I know you're busy and on speaker, so thank you. Now, before I go to a break here, uh, I'd appreciate if PJ could give my family's wholehearted thanks to the staff of the Bon Secours Hospital. They've given my wife and our sick infant son immense care for the past three days. Baby has a high temperature, is very pale, and was being sick earlier in the week. Thanks to the care he received, he's much improved now, hopefully coming home today. A Trojan shift put in by his mommy for the last few days. She's been with him for every minute, and that's from Graham. Thanks, Graham, and uh, best wishes to your family. Mick Nugent has been in touch to say he is having a meeting with residents at Ventrasna. We spoke to them uh, last week about their issues, and hopefully we'll talk to Mick uh, another day. He, he may wish to debate one-on-one with John O'Donovan. He may not. We'll see where that goes. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I'm going to pause this conversation for a while. We can come back to it if you wish. But one of the reasons people are so angry, and they are, even though I would say the I would say that the majority of people in this country who are angry and feel disenfranchised and left out and left behind, I would say that there it's a tiny percentage of them would engage in anything like that yesterday, but that's just a that's just a view of me, because I know people who are disenfranchised and angry and left out through my own work and advocacy off air. I know quite a lot of them. But by the by, something that is annoying the hell out of people is the spending of taxpayers' money. The spending of taxpayers' money on what they see as very, very stupid things. So they were unveiled in 2021, August 2021, at a cost of €355,000. They are inspected on a regular basis. In fact, as I drove in this morning into town, just after seven, someone was inspecting them. The door was open and he was inside looking at whatever was inside. I don't know what's inside the door. And that inspection costs €17,880 per year so far. I speak of the robot trees. Or, (laughs) Peter Horgan, as you put it, the most expensive benches ever bought for the city. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very well. They were bought with the intention, we were told, of cleaning the air in the city streets. And at the time, people said, why not spend 355000 on planting a load of trees? Real trees. 100%. And I think from the get-go, everyone has looked at these robot trees, you know, and with a, in my view, with a bit of greenwashing about what's going on there. The problem now is the supposed data that these city trees are supposed to uh, exhibit and in, in, in inform the city council of why they bought them, of how much particles have been taken out of the air. We still don't have that data. Mm. Uh, numerous councillors like Councillor John Marr, my own party, the Labour Party, Councillor Olin Ring, Councillor Colin Kelleher, Councillor Oliver Morn. This is across all many different parties and none know, trying to get answers, and they're just being stonewalled. So I had, I was forced to go down the road of a freedom of information request to get the data 
of how much has been spent to date and yeah. and what and what's happening there. And it, they were bought from just for listeners, Peter. Sorry, just for listeners, they were bought from a German a German company in, in 2020. And like you said, one of their purposes was they're supposed to have sensors inside them to collect information about the air around them. You've never been, we've never been able to get, get at that information so far. So no, you went, nothing has been put out. It yeah. didn't come out in the Freedom of Information either. So there, there is a problem here and transparency in terms of what actually have we paid for as a city, uh, whether that money came from the city coffers directly or from a government grant. Either way, it's the people's money. Uh, and we need to see value for money in the climate change uh, projects that we do in the city. Because I think you're dead right at the start. How many trees could we have bought for 355000 and stuck it around the city centre and the suburbs you know, mm. as part of a schools initiative or something like that, you know, money that, that would have gone to real, that you would be able to see right now. But, mm. you know, it's, it, it's, it's something that, that kind of think goes into a deeper heart of City Hall and local government and government in general is the lack of transparency. The fact that I'm forced to go down the Freedom of Information route mm. to try and get this information. Mm. There's a city in South Bend, Indiana, in the United States. Um, the mayor used to be Pete Buttigieg, who's now the US oh, yeah. Transportation Secretary. And he signed an executive order a number of years ago, basically having a pro-transparency directive for their city council. And if you go on to the South Bend, Indiana Transparency Hood, it's not a silver bullet, no one's saying that, but you can see everything, more or less, that they spend their money on. You can see crimes in areas, you can see dog fouling, something I talk about quite a lot, but you can see the the... the the nickels and cents of what the city council is spending month on month and on what and what projects and it's it's a, it's there for people to engage with it's it's there to encourage mm. Uh, Whereas it, here you got to you got you got to go after it. You got to go after it. And, it's and freedom of information requests. Yeah. It's councillors not getting answers. It's TDs not getting answers. You know, and and the the ultimate aid, the ultimate collateral is, you know, the climate change agenda getting greenwashed and people going next time that there's a big. Uh, project on a climate change agenda in the city coming through, people are going to smirk and look sideways at it and say, that's just another ro- robot tree issue again. Yeah. Now, that, someone did come back and say, sorry, with regard to the data, um, Peter, uh, I'm reading from the echo here, uh, someone did say from the council that the performance data, and I'm quoting, the performance data is being analysed at present and will be released once the analysis is completed. It's been it's been analysed for months now. We've heard that we've had that statement a number of times. Now the council the councillors have gotten that statement a number of times. Like last week, last week when this was brought up in the council, which was you know just separately brought up to me, it wasn't a, it wasn't a done tandem or anything like that. But I know that Olin Ring brought it up, and he was told that answer. And I, as I understand it, there was a laugh in the council chamber. It was just it was just you know kind of like what are we what are we doing here? What's going on? And there's no one can stand over it to say that they're operating the way they should be because we don't have the data to show why they're operating. The big problem as well, there was no formal vote of council on this project to approve it. Mm. I have a big problem with that and the executive might might throw their throw their weight around and say, no, like, you know, we don't need to go to full vote council. You should. You, they are the people's representatives. I'm not in there, but they're the people's representatives in the council chamber. They're there to safeguard the people's money. They should have been consulted on this. Mm. And the fact that it's not, there isn't more councillors jumping up and down on this, you know, it, it has more questions in my mind. But we need to make sure that the people's money is spent right in climate, on all projects, but especially in climate climate change projects like this. All right, Peter, leave it there. Thank you. That's uh, Peter Horgan of the Labour Party.
um, who I, I understand will be a candidate in the local elections next year. That's my understanding. Um, but uh, the robot trees... Yeah, 355,000 they cost. They were bought from a German company. They're supposed to give information on the air around them and the uh, pollutants and whatever you have in yourself that's in the air so far. No data. And every time it's brought up with the council, oh, that's being analysed and will be released once it's completed. And it's cost 17,880 in maintenance so far. One fellow said to me one time, there's tellies in them. And there is. There's, there's screens in. There's, there's tellies inside in them. You'd think at least after spending all that money, they'd put a match on. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. If you have a business account on Facebook or run your business using a Facebook page, listen up, there's a nasty scam going around. I'll talk about it very, very shortly. Um, thank you to Andrew, who got in touch when I messaged, uh, or men- mentioned rather, I mentioned Jonah Lommel in, in the last hour, and just as a rugby fan, and because we're in the middle of the World Cup, and there's so much exciting rugby going on, I looked up Jonah Lommel, and there's some fabulous videos of him on uh, YouTube from when he was at the height of his powers, six foot five, 118 kilos, and he could run 100 yards in 11 seconds. He was fearsome to watch playing rugby wonderful to watch playing rugby uh, but Andrew points out there was controversy in his life too and maybe we shouldn't forget that and there was Andrew there was he was a, he came from Tongan heritage and he was accused in his later life he was accused when he became such a success and so wealthy out of rugby he was accused of maybe neglecting his Tongan heritage that was one thing thrown at him there also had been domestic violence in his family life and he was accused at one point of not supporting the victims of domestic violence. You're right, Andrew, on those counts, but he was still an awesome rugby player. 0818 96 96 96. Now, this Facebook scam uh, targets business accounts, and many, many people have business accounts or the specific Facebook page for their business. And this is a scam that looks like you have violated... Facebook rules and it looks like you're getting an opportunity to fix that violation it's when you move on that you're in trouble uh, Ronan Murphy, Smart Tech 24-7 Ronan, good morning to you Good morning PJ It's a particular insidious one because once you realise you're in trouble you're in deep trouble Yeah, look, truthfully, they're all the same, right? Um, Irrespective of if you're a business or you're an individual, all of these things have the same modus operandi, which is to clean out your bank account. And they, they all approach that using different techniques, but 
the scale now we're using Facebook is just incredibly significant because Facebook is the largest social media platform in the world. It's got billions of users and scammers see it as a really good hunting ground uh, to carry out these various fraudulent activities. And um, they, every every week there's a new one. I'll give you a good example. So uh, here in Tech, we have a team of researchers who frequently visit the dark web and they go in and they they're trying to understand you know what different uh, hacker forums are talking about what type of uh, scams or um, hacks are taking place for different industries and so forth so they went in and did a bit of research on specifically social media and what type of um, attacks were there and mm. what type what type of services they could purchase from the different forums in the dark web and I mean it's it's endless there's phishing attacks there's fake profile attacks there's hacking Facebook account attacks there's fraud scams there's giveaway scams there's investment scams romance scams Ponzi scams identity scams malware scams it's just it's 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 endless it mm. goes on and on and on and they change every single day and I think the interesting one here from from your listeners perspective is uh, right now, there seems to be a, a prolonged and targeted attack at Irish businesses who use Facebook to drive uh, revenue to their companies. So mm. it's one to be. And there would be many of them. Yeah, indeed. So how does it work? Why can, how can yeah, people watch look, out it, for it? it, it Again, it's just a scam, right? So all they're doing is they're saying they're they're contacting these business pages and and look, many people use different photos that they'll 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 take off the web, right? And in many cases, those photos could be copyrighted, and people haven't specifically gone online and purchased them. In this particular scenario, they're targeting companies who may have just used stock imagery off the internet, right? And they're saying to them, look, you've 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 taken copyrighted material. Uh, that's a breach of our our terms and conditions. You need to pay if you don't um, follow the, the, the these steps to remediate the situation we're going to shut down your page obviously which is a uh, which is really worrying to a company who've built their business using facebook but the minute they engage with them the minute they click the link they set off a whole set of uh, catastrophic events which will either uh, allow the hackers to hijack their page or get their bank account details or you know, whatever it is they decide to do, typically the consequences are pretty bad, you know. I know one company, according to Cork Bureau, one company in North Cork has already been stung. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite frequent. I mean, we would see it. I would say every single day of the week, we have different companies in different parts of the world, or in many cases, individuals calling us mm. who've fallen victim to having their bank account cleared out because they've clicked on the link or they've um they've engaged with I know it's it's not funny but it's 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 it, they've they've just engaged with these people yeah. and um I think you know over the years we've spoken about this many, many times. Um and every every scam is the same yet different in yeah. terms of how they approach it, you know. Meta's owners Ronan, uh, are Facebook's owners rather Meta, are they any good at tackling this or is it just almost too big for them? They're hopeless, absolutely hopeless, I would say. And you're right, PJ, it's too big. It's the biggest platform in the social platform in the world, billions of users daily. And every time uh, Facebook try, and I wouldn't say they try too hard, I'll be honest, but every time they do attempt to tackle this problem, these guys just innovate and they just uh, they change their tactics. But at the same time, you must remember 
that there's only so much that these platforms can do. I mean, if you fall victim to this, if it's your own naivety that has created this problem, which unfortunately it is. I mean, these are not these are not the most sophisticated scams in the world. Let's be honest with ourselves here. And mm. um, there's people falling for scams that, if they had a you know a small bit of skepticism about this, or they 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 thought about it, you know, they quickly realised that this is a scam and. It's incredible. I mean, every single day, people that I couldn't ever imagine falling for this fall for it. It's 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 never ending. You've said to me before, Roland, it's down to a simple human emotion, the desire to trust. Yeah, it's, you're dead right. So the cyber industry is full of these three-letter acronyms, right? Um, and they're endless. But there's 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 a term that's often used, and it's called zero trust, right? Where you you know you don't in in in, in the computer networks are not built to trust people just because of the scale of fraud and scams and hacks, and and trust is something that's if you look at Facebook, right? It's built on trust. You build you you build your network of friends and colleagues and customers and acquaintances and. You get to see intimate aspects of their life in terms of their daily activities and their photos and so forth. And you build up relationships and and you build up trust. And if you if people have the ability, if people trust uh, these, you know, their, their friends or their colleagues in the digital world and that suddenly gets compromised, then you're in a world of pain. And that's what you see every single day of the week. Honestly, PJ, you have no idea. I mean, you hear about these when they when they bubble up to the surface, we hear about them every single day. And we, I mean, we, we're a commercial entity. We couldn't even start to help the people that get hit by them because it's just never ending. I mean, this, what, what are we, today's Thursday, mm. if it's seven, this seven or eight this week, people asking for help. And each one of them is different, whether it's a text message or it's, um, you know, sending someone to buy iTunes vouchers or Amazon vouchers or invoice fraud redirection or social media accounts being hacked. It's just never ending, you know. It's because people it's because people trust. Right. Ronan, thank you as always. Ronan Murphy, Smart Tech. Twenty four seven penetration testing and security. That basically basically is a big long way of saying Ronan Murphy and his team are among the best in the business at this. Be careful. Don't trust anybody online. If your own mother contacts you on Facebook Messenger Ring her to see if it was her. That, I think, is probably the best advice I give you all day today. There's another one, Kevin. I think I've got this one, too. Hi, Dad. My phone is broken. Morning. Hello there, um, PJ. My name's Kevin. Yeah. I just got that text about, uh, sorry, I'm outside. The call lorry's gone by. Um, I just got that, this text about 20, and my phone is broken. And it said, you can call me on WhatsApp, and then there's a link at the bottom. Right? As soon as I saw the link... Hold that right now. I've got two kids, uh, so what I did do was I typed back to the text, Who's this? and sent it back to them. Right, I'm still waiting to hear from them. So, it's a neat, I mean, I think if somebody's seen that and have got kids, I would think for a second and press a link, you know, for God's sake, don't do that, you know. Um, You end up in a whole world of pain because it gets more and more convincing as you go through it. That that seems to be the problem. I, I got it last week, twice in two days, and my daughter was sitting opposite me one of the time I got it. So it's that bad, like, it's just crazy. 
Where are they getting their numbers from? This is hard. Like random. Random, Kevin. Random. Random. All they want is for one person to respond and they can empty the bank account. And they might send the text out. People like Ronan have told me this before. They might send the text out automatically from a computer to, to 10,000 numbers at once. All it takes is one or two people to respond. Okay. That's it takes. It's, but you're right. It's, it's a scam. It's going around. Hi, Dad. My phone is broken. I have a new number. Can you WhatsApp me? The minute you see the link, forget yeah. it. You know, that's forget. the thing you have to remember, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think I think that's actually very good advice. No matter what the message is or who it's from, be it saying to come from one of your children or coming from a bank or coming from a post office or coming from someone you've done business with, as soon as you see a link, a link get rid of it. Yeah. I, okay, I'll just to put it out there anyway, PJ. Good. Um, yeah. Okay. Good, good point, Kevin. Thank you for your call. First time caller, Kevin, father of two. That's going around. I got it twice in, in a week. Uh, I have a new number. My phone is broken. You can WhatsApp me. It is a scam and can be rather an expensive one. 0818 96 96 96. When you dig down into it, they need you then to send the money to activate the phone. And they send you a link to send them the money because you're sending it to their friend's number. So can you revolute it to my friend's number? And he'll get, yeah, you see, it's... <laughs> delete, delete, delete. 0818 96, 96, 96. Join the conversation. This is The Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Anne wants to give everyone the home that Cork gave her. She's leaving a gift in her will to Cork Simon. Find out more at CorkSimon.ie. Cork's 96FM. Was it this time last week or... Not long before this time last week we were ensconced in the ongoing discussion about uh, Chambers and, and all of what went on there, or rather didn't. I got a video sent to me of the launch night of Saints, which is kind of the pushback uh, by the queer community against what happened in Chambers. <laughs> it looks to have been a great night. The Oyster Tavern was mobbed. There was a queue out to Patrick Street to get in. And they were very happy with the way we spoke about it and the way we spoke to them. And why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? But I'm delighted it was such a success for them. Yeah. And they call it they call it saints as opposed to sinners. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now earlier in the week, Gareth was talking to Mary about an incident that involved her niece and Ryanair. I'd appreciate Mary, I was off that day, so go to with me again, and just for any listeners who missed it originally, what did happen? Good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. How are you? Good to have you back. Thanks. Um, PJ, Ellie May, you probably, as you probably know, Ellie May, sure, Mm -hmm. you know, she's always with myself and my my grannies. Um, Her parents had went out to Paul's mom and dad in Blackpool, so they flew Cork, Manchester, and 
you know, went up then on the train, took Ellie May, always takes her hurley with her everywhere she goes. Mm-hmm. The hurley is an extension of the hands. So hurley went off out from Cork Airport last week. They spoke to the lady above, like they always do when they take it. She said, not a bother here, wrap it up in this, shove it in with the buggy like he always do. And he fast. She said, will we be okay coming back? Now, again, they always ask the question. Not a bother, do the exact same thing. In fact, she gave her the little bag to wrap it in. They'll take it Manchester to agree with the buggy and she would be grand to come home. Mm. So off they went anyway and coming back to Manchester last, oh, what day did they come back? Was it Monday or Tuesday? Monday. They went to the airport in Manchester, went to Terminal 2, I think to us, went to check in, mm. checked in, went to put the buggy up and Paul went to put the hurley up and, you know, normally put it up on top of the buggy and, you know, just tied the buggy strap over it then. Yeah. It goes into the oversized baggage. Um, and your man says, hey, what's this, mate? So he said, um, that's Hurley Stick. It's an Irish game, you know. He actually showed him a picture of it and everything. Uh, no, you have to pay for that. He said, no, we don't ever pay for it. It always, you know, we always just put it in with the buggy. Yeah, grand. actually it's in with the buggy. The child. Yeah. yeah, like you've seen people going to Lanzarote, they tie the case, they t- strap um if, the if they thought the Mary, some of them, if they thought they could strap the child into the buggy and just pay for the buggy, they'd have done yeah. it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it always goes in, no problem. So this guy, this no way would they take it. So they asked to speak to the supervisor and typical Ryanair, the supervisor was at a meeting. So they waited and waited and waited and eventually a guy came down and no way would he take it. He wanted 60 sterling to take the Hurley with the buggy in with the baggage. 60 sterling. So then he went away. He went so he, see, he would take it, but for a cost. For 60 sterling. So he And how much would the hurley cost, Mary? Well, I suppose, you know, I know she got two maids there from Ben O'Connor just in the summer. Uh, at the start of summer. I think they were, I don't know, I think the ones she got were 15 euros each, maybe they were 20. <laughs> I think Ben was, I think it was 15. Well, like between 15 and 20 euros, you know, Harley, smaller they are, the cheaper they are, the bigger they are, the dearer they are. But then the guy went off and he came back then and it was like an auction. He wanted 35.99 then. So like, on principle, there was no way they were going to pay it. They kept, they said, look, it came out from Cork this way. It always comes out from Cork. In fact, at Easter, they were over again visiting Paul's parents and, um, he said, like, she came through this airport where she actually checked. We checked in at this desk mm. after Easter, the week after Easter, and we brought it back home with us. No problem. She takes it with her because she likes to do her little bit of training and, you know, she's obsessed with hurling. Like, where would she be got? But anyway, um, like, yeah, but she took a hurley with her. She said, you know, I mean, the granddad, she'd be showing it off to all the granddad's friends and she, they love to see her coming with the hurley. The people over, the elderly neighbours over they think it's fascinating they'll be watching her she'll be outside hitting the ball off the wall and into the hand and yeah. showing off I suppose but so anyway it was Paul said no way he said you're not paying it on principle we're not paying it so the child was quite happy with that she said Paul said I'll, we'll get the early back don't worry at this stage now Aoife then texted me and she said tell Fimber I put it on Twitter and you know the amount of followers from her have on Twitter and Fergal saw it then. So look, it's thanks to yourselves and 103. What, what eventually happened, Mary? Oh yeah, so um, so he put it out on the air. Garrett had it on and 103 had it on and I know the Echo rang, rang Aoife about it. So um, they came home, the Harley was left in Manchester so 
they asked for a receipt for it and got the guy's name. So they came home and on Wednesday morning, they got a message to say um, the Harley was above in Cork Airport. Swiss Air had it collected. That was the end of it. So up they went, got the Harley and the Harley is now back in safe hands. Thanks to 96 and 103. And I have to say the Echo as well, you were all brilliant for publicising <laughs> it, but it's a joke. It's scas, isn't it, Mary? It's the randomness of it. I yeah. mean, you know, you've been yeah, bringing it back and forward it, forever yeah. in the buggy, and then you just meet this guy on a Ryanair desk who says, "Uh, uh-uh, need to pay for that." Yeah, and then exactly. the, uh, he was auctioning it almost, which you like was coming down from yeah. six. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's it. But look, Harley is back. But as I say, power of social media and the airways and Good. everything got it back. Other than that, the child wouldn't have got back a Harley. Yeah, and it wasn't the money, it was just the principle of it. And well, no. But just people beware, if you're taking your Harley, hide it. But the, principle, <laughs> the principle is important, though, Mary. I mean, if you it are, oh, yeah, you, yeah. you've been over and back so many times that you kind of expect it now that the Harley will go in with the buggy, wrapped up in the buggy and whatever yeah. you're having yourself. But this time you just, and I think a lot of people, and look, Ryanair are the ones that always come up for discussion on this, but I think airport security in general, or airline security in general, it's the randomness of it all. It's the randomness. Exactly. Like it, it's exactly because, like, if you go tomorrow, you might be stopped. I'll go today, I'll be left take it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I'll tell you a story. Happened a few years ago to friends of ours. They were coming through the airport in, I think it might have been Lanzarote, but certainly one of the well-known holiday spots anyway. And they were flying Ryanair. And like that now, they put the big bag on the plane and paid enough as you would for another person almost. But they had the little small bag and these frames that you get, you know, the one, if it fits in here, it fits in here. They put it in, it went through as hand luggage, got to the other side of the airport Lo and behold, there's another rack there, yeah, which exactly. it didn't yeah. fit into. Yeah, same company. It's just it didn't fit. Same company. It's just. And crazy. my friend said, "Well, it fitted in the one below." I was now ne- I was below. No, it didn't. I've never seen you before in my life. This conversation continued. Now they were quite happy to take the bag and put it in the hold for twenty euro. But they wouldn't put exactly. it on the plane because they said it was too big. Yeah, so it's the randomness of it all. Go yeah. On. All right. I'm glad the Hurley's back, Mary. Thanks. 0818969696. Have you had anything random ever taken out of your luggage? Or I'd love to talk to someone who, who works or, or has ever worked in an airport and has had to take strange things out of bags. You also wonder, like, who puts these things into their bags. It's Edinburgh Airport, I think. And it may have changed now because it's years since we were there. We took the kids over. They were quite small. We had a lovely weekend in Edinburgh. We went to the Christmas market and to the zoo and all those things. But on our way back, there was a little bit of a delay. So we'd, we were waiting to get through security. And in Edinburgh Airport, there was a glass case along the wall as you queue up to go through. (laughs) And this glass case was full of items that had been taken. It was kind of to encourage you to be careful what you're packing in your bags. It was from things that people had put into their hand luggage. 
over the years. There was a couple of tennis rackets, and you'd say, okay, fine. Tennis racket, okay. There was a socket wrench. One of these big yokes, a side of your arm, a socket wrench. Someone had tried to bring that through in hand luggage. There was a cheese grater. I mean, who the hell brings a cheese grater through? So as you're walking through, you're, you're looking at all these mad things that people have put into their hand luggage and been told to take out. <sighs> have you ever had anything strange taken off you that, that you didn't know why? My mother-in-law, Lord Rest, used to tell a story about how something showed up in, in, in her hand luggage. She's no idea. It wasn't there. It was a scissors showed up in her hand luggage. And it was coming up on the, on the monitor. And she said, I have no scissors. I have no scissors. And she opened the bag and she emptied the bag. And there's no scissors in the bag. And she shakes, no back in. Nancy said, right, we'll put it through again. Where was this inside the lining? It had slid down about three or four flights previously. It had slid down into the lining of the bag. Your story, 83 And we, if we don't get to do it today, we'll have some fun with these tomorrow. Because some of the bizarre things, like I can understand why you'd want to carry a tennis racket, particularly if you play a lot of tennis. But you can get an actual kind of tennis racket bag. Why you'd want to put it into a hand luggage bag, I don't know. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Now, it's a few weeks ago. Um, just over a month, in fact, since we were talking about the tragic death of Jack O'Sullivan, um, who he was a close to Eamon Reish student. He drowned in passage um, uh, while he was swimming in the sea off the local pontoon. He got into difficulty and he drowned. And it was a terrible local tragedy. But in the wake of that, um, Councillor... Marcia Dalton, who represents that area. Marcia, you wrote to the county council seeking some action with regard to safety on the pontoon, I think. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, nice to talk to you. Yes, look, that was a horrible tragedy. I was there that day um, and it was absolutely horrible. It's a really popular local spot for swimming. There's a couple of local spots along that stretch that are mm. particularly popular for swimming. So the p- pontoon at Passage would be one the pier at Monkstown would be another, but we know there are similar spots in Cove and at Currabinny, um, but these are the closest to me. And one of the big difficulties with swimming where we live is because the larger waters of Cork Harbour are funneled through a strong current up into the larger waters of Loch Mahan, past Monkstown and Passage West. There's a really strong tide running there. So whether it's going up the river or going down the river, it's typically five knots of tide and that's very strong. Like you'd want to be a really competent swimmer yeah. to be able to hold your own against it. I've often watched and that actually, Marcia, on a summer's day, particularly like you mentioned Monkstown, where they go off yes. the pier. Now, I'd be a handy swimmer, have been all my life. I kind of wonder, is that safe even? Look, we as parents always wonder and it's like a rite of passage to do it, excuse the pun, not intended. Um, but it happens and we're, we're always alert. Now, I suppose in Monkstown, 
one has the perhaps added advantage that it's very much on the main road and it's quite overlooked. Yeah. But in passage at the pontoon, that is not the case. So, and the pontoon is additionally risky in that it, it, as the nature of pontoons is, juts out into the channel. It's meant for boats. It's not meant for swimmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a wonderful addition to the town, to this side of the harbour, because there are very few such facilities. It's a public facility. Um, and you're, the, the aim of it was that you, if you're out in your boat, whatever size it may be, you, you want a, a Sunday afternoon stopover, you come up and you stop over and you, you visit the museum or you buy a cup of coffee or you do whatever you do and you go back in your boat and you head off again. So that's what it's intended for. And, and it's really, really good as an asset for that. But it's definitely not meant for swimming. And there has always been a gate on that pontoon with no swimming signs, trying to discourage people from doing that, which it wasn't designed for. Mm-hmm. But as all things happen, um, the signs weren't respected and the gate over the years, the lock on the gate has become broken. Um, so the council has made several attempts over the years to fix it. And inevitably what happens is there'll be one strong swimmer and a bunch of, you know, 10 or 20 kids. Mm. And we're talking typically sort of 13, 14, up to 16, 17, you know, that kind of age, yeah. not even 17, the younger teens typically. And, and the strong swimmer would jump into the water from the quayside, swim out to the pontoon, get up on it and open the gate from the inside for the others and then they go down and have their swim. So it seemed, it seems that no matter what one does with the gate, it's really difficult to deter swimming. So I had brought it up again and again and again because we would love as a community to see the pontoon being used for the purposes for which it was installed. Yeah, That's what it's for. And unfortunately, when there were packs of younger people um, enjoying the sun and enjoying the water, that in that purpose for which it was installed is becomes unattractive. No boat owner wants to rock up and leave their boat when there's 20 kids having a good time right beside it. Do you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just not going to, that's, mm. that's life. So we, I had at the beginning of the summer asked the council to address the gate again because it is obviously not locking um, and they have been slow in doing so and they have a solution now and I'm very glad they do. Um, it's it's not like it's a new story. It's a sort of a recurring story, to be honest with you, PJ. Mm. It's just particularly poignant that there had been that tragedy um, prior to the solution having been identified for the gate. I don't think if people want to swim off the pontoon that it's going to stop it. Like mm. there's pontoons all over the, the county and with the best will in the world, if the gates are working, there are still people swimming off them. Um, but I, I, I've made a recommendation actually on the advice of a local resident to the council that they might consider different signage. So something like dangerous currents or something along those lines, mm. which are more meaningful than the blanket, no swimming. I mean, you still, it's like no dumping, do you know? Um, it, it, it becomes meaningless after a while. But if you say dangerous currents, that's a specific alerting that there's something out of the normal here and, and, and it really isn't suitable for swimmers. Mm. So I'm hoping that they'll take that suggestion up. I think it's a particularly good one on the part of the local resident. Um, and I think it will be more meaningful into the future. Mm, being able to act, that, the pontoons, you're right, pontoons are for boats. They're not for, for jumping off of it. They're not for swimming off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, we have plenty of swimming spots. You know, there are key sites here which, which have little inlets. And so they're out of that run of tide. Yeah. Um, and if one doesn't understand the tides, you can jump. If you say you jump off the pontoon and the tide is ebbing or falling, it's flowing out towards the lower harbour and you jump off that side of the pontoon, then to get back to safety, you've got to swim against it. You mm-hmm. with me? So people need to understand that. And in yes. the absence of there being somebody there to explain it, 
someone who isn't brought up around the sea or who hasn't been given that knowledge, they just won't know. That's through no fault of their own. Yeah, right. They just won't know. And um, and for that reason, again, some locals amongst us here, we've been talking about try, trying to get um, Irish water safety down to, to give some swimming lessons or some general knowledge to kids who will inevitably swim, not perhaps off the pontoon, but off, off the Monkstown Pier or wherever. Yeah. There's Next. a place down there, Marcia, in the middle of, of, of Passage, I've always remarked on it, it's like a little harbour. Um, yeah. yeah. And I often thought, that's a place where someone might go for a swim. Do they? And it's a place where they did in the old days. Um, and it's got two advantages when it's free of boats, which isn't so often these yeah, days. Yeah. Smaller kids can, can dabble in the water. And then out at the edge, there's a grand pier, or a, you know, sort of a, a pillar. Yeah. And, and the braver kids can jump off that. And they used to do it very much in the old days. And then the water became dirty. It, sewage tended to lodge in there before we got the lower harbour treatment plant. And so people were put off going in there, understandably. But now it's it's much cleaner. But the pontoon took over as a, a superior venue, shall we say, and and it has lost its attractiveness. It's an ideal spot because it's out of the current. So you're right. I'll tell you a funny story. Friend, friend of mine years ago was was looking for a, a place to live, and we were keeping in touch about it on WhatsApp. And, and one beautiful summer's morning, I got this photograph. Oh, I always wanted to live by the sea. And she'd put the phone on the wall, and you could see the morning sun reflect. Where the hell are you living? Passage. <laughs> we had a wonderful football blitz here a couple of weekends ago and I got speaking to a gentleman from up the country and, and he said Passage. He was blown away by the place. It's, it's, it's an undiscovered secret. He said it reminded him of Martha's Vineyard. Ooh. And he said it was the only place in all his life that reminded him of Martha's Vineyard. Now the sun was shining and the colours yeah. and the buildings were gleaming and the yeah. sea was sparkling. It wouldn't be, be, be so much Martha's Vineyard on a cold January morning, would it? <laughs> <laughs> when, the, no, when the wind is coming up that little... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm delighted to see the safety coming to, to the fore down there and hopefully people will heed it. Thank you, uh, Councillor Marcia Dalton from Passage. Uh, yeah, the, the, we're advised always not to swim off pontoons. And, and one thing that I have generally learnt in my few years on this planet is if, if a sign says no swimming, you probably shouldn't swim. There is a reason. You mightn't see it, but it's there. There's a, a particular favourite place of mine in Lanzarote called Playa Chica. You'll know it well if you've been to Puerto del Carmen a few times. And you'll know that in Playa Chica there's a pier. And on one side there's a beach, gorgeous beach. And on the other side, well, fish do, fishing boats do pull up there. Small craft do pull up there. And they hold diving classes in the water there. And I was walking around this time and I saw a sign I'd never seen before. Um, the, the, the Spanish for swimming is banars, or looks like banars. And it said, no banarsing. I said, there's no banarsing sign on Playa Chica. I was wondering, why? And I happened to meet a guy who was a diving instructor. And I said, why is there no swimming? I spent many a happy hour jumping off that pier. He said, yeah, until a few years ago, someone jumped off it. And there was only two foot or three foot of water down there. So now they just don't let it. 0818 96 96 96 If they say don't swim, don't swim Oh, this was We went looking for this yesterday before we finished And I thought, I was hoping that we'd find her This happened, Crossy was on about this This happened at the Shania Twain concert in Dublin On Monday Come on over Tuesday Come on over 
That's Mia, and Trina is Mia's mammy. Hello, Hi, Trina. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good, good, good. She's a massive fan. Oh, she's huge. It was inherited, but it's huge, yeah. She loves um, dance and music, so she's uh, always dancing at home as well. Yeah. And you'd yeah. have been a Shania fan? Yes. So the Shania, the Shania love is inherited for me, definitely. Right, and she loves yeah. all the big girl power songs, I'm told. Love, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the, the Queen of Me's and Man, I Feel Like a Woman and Honey at Home loved those ones, yeah. <laughs> so you're at the concert and did she had she got it into her head that she might meet Shania or something? Oh, this was a John Deal in Mia's head, but it's all these YouTube videos and TikToks, you know, where these people bump into these celebrities or these celebrities' parents and meet them backstage. And like Mia thinks they're real. And I, I've told her, Mia, you know, they're made up for views. These, it's, Pre-arranged, or people pay for it. This doesn't happen. No, no, ma'am. I'm going to meet Shania. I'm going to meet Shania. So, I think it was her destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. So, describe what had happened before that moment that Crossy captured. Well, it was. She had made um, a flag, so she put a Canadian and an Irish flag together, and she wrote a letter to Shania Twain with some questions, some boring questions that Shania just had to answer, <laughs> and she put it on the flag. Like. And, uh, how many dogs do you have in total? You know, why do you only bring the Chihuahua on tour? Do you love singing or writing more? All these really curious mm, things. Incredible only, questions. Yeah. Oh, only me I would think of these. They were just very funny. She did a few drawings of horses. And, you know, when you ride your horse, uh, do you think of your song Giddy Up and all this stuff? So it was on the back of the, the flag. And she was wait. I had her in my arms for the concert. And she was waving away. And when Shania was coming over to where we were, you know, Mia was waving and she, she did wave back at her twice. But Mia kept saying to me, Mom, she's looking over, she's looking over. And I was like, Mia, you know, I don't think they can see off the stage because of the lights. And um, I don't know, Shania just stopped and said, look, there's a little girl over here. I've been watching her. I just have to meet her. Mm. And over she came and the security brought Mia up and she said to Mia you know you know all the words to all the songs I've been watching you all the time so and you saw the rest she she was just it was lovely she was beautiful with her you know the way she knelt down to her and was on her level and then her yeah. husband was taking her husband was taking the pictures so the husband took our address to give us copies oh. of the photos and the husband took the flag with the letter as well to give to Shania you'll have uh, official rock and roll pictures yeah yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So it was just it was such an act of kindness, you know, even even just to take the flag with the with the letter to give to Shania and they gave it she has a set list, you know, they keep a copy of the set list on the stage. They gave her that off the stage and the guitarist gave her one of his picks oh. and with Shania on it. So I mean she's just she's still buzzing. She's gone into school there now this morning with a pair of sunglasses on her head because all all famous people wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Trina, that's lovely. That's Isn't it a just lovely. Story? lovely. Yeah. I'm so, so delighted yeah. we got to find you, find you because, yeah. you know, if it's such a negative old morning with people yeah. angry and shouting and roaring at one another, that's just a lovely story. Yeah. And you know, they say, never meet your heroes. Well, Mia did, and it worked out she great. Did. Brilliantly, PJ. Yeah, so it was her destiny in the end. Yep, she was right. Delighted so for her. The lotto. <laughs> yes, Thanks. there you go. Delighted for her. <laughs> and delighted you. for you, Trina. Thank you very much for that. 0818969696. And we're back tomorrow, just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox96 FM. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 